Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Hello, and welcome to the HP Podcast. I'm Ben. Here with you today is also Brandon. Hey, man. Hey, how you doing? Good. Okay. Glad to hear. Are we going to talk quiet like this? Like real kind of subdued. And, and, and Dave. Hello, Dave. <laughs> hey, how you doing? Oh, oh Dave getting close up to that mic. Very sultry. This is the ASMR. Oh, I think I've done this bit before. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I feel like, yeah. It's probably been done. That's all right. Guys, how we doing? How is gaming going? Gaming's Dude, going. We're, we're we we out here. I mean, we, uh, we've been doing we some gaming. Ben, yeah, I think you did a bit of gaming on the weekend. I I, I hear you you did a bit of gaming on the weekend. So a little bit. Yep. Yep. I did a, uh, a shake or two. A twenty four hour stream yeah. for my birthday, and it was fun. It was yeah, a good time. Man. Yeah. I didn't even. So I woke up earlier than I wanted to, because my kids woke me up. And uh, I was planning on sleeping in a little bit that day because I was going to start the stream around four o'clock and uh, go till four o'clock the next day. And I ended up waking up like between eight and nine. And I was intending on sleeping like till 11, which I could have done easily and then have some a little fan time and everything. But my kids were like goofing around and woke me up early. So and then I went to see Jackass with Brandon and Dustin afterwards. So I was awake for like, I don't know, 40 hours or something. Did it feel like a fever dream? Especially with the context of Jackass, I really wonder if it was just like it heightened the experience or it made it less enjoyable. Uh, the Jackass part was fine. I didn't. I didn't feel any sort of way. There was a part during the stream, probably like seven a.m., eight a.m., which I normally go to bed between like five and six a.m. And but about seven or eight, I was starting to feel a little bit goofy, like not goofy, but like. Oh, I could sleep now. Oh, yeah. I'm feeling pretty tired. And then once I got past that, it was fine. I was totally cool. But it was, I think it was mostly because I like had lined up people to play with. Right. Uh, the whole time. So I was never like alone. I always had somebody at least to chat with. Dude, that would be an so. achievement. 24 hour isolation stream. Holy no, shit. I don't think I would have wanted to do that because I didn't. No. <laughs> no. I, it just wouldn't be as much fun. Like, Dude, you got to feed off that energy. My My point was for the stream, I wanted to. Hang like I wanted to play a game I love and hang out with friends. That was part of it. Yeah, no, so, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. How about you guys? Are you guys doing any twenty-four hour streams or Fuck. anything like that? Lately? No, but I did make some delicious dinner. Did you? What did you have for dinner, dude? I had a breakfast burrito uh-huh. with uh, chipotle scrambled eggs okay. with uh, pineapple salsa. Nice, fantastic. Uh, Dave, how was your pineapple salsa? 
Uh, it probably wasn't as good as Brandon's. I'll tell you that much right now. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the pineapples we grow here in Pennsylvania are much riper than up north. Pennsylvania is really known for its pineapples. Uh, so yeah. That's yeah. true. That's what it is. It's Penn's, Penn's, wood, Penn's Woods, Pennsylvania. Pen, pineapples, pineapples. pineapples in there somewhere, I think. Yeah. yeah. We have to be really uh, careful at our. We have farmers markets around here, and and uh, every once in a while, some of the farmers will will sneak in something, and they'll leave the little product of Mexico tag on it. So you know, kind of got to be. <laughs> Next time I go to a farmers market, I'll look out to the product of the Pennsylvania thing, and I'll yeah. think about you, Brenton. <laughs> I thought thank you were going to say like you. we have to be really careful around here talking about about fruit because the farmers market. Uh, mafia gets, comes after us. I don't know why that's where my mind met, went, but I thought you were going to say like the farmer's market people are always listening. I'm, I'm sure they are. I mean, I'm, I, I'm sure they're I, powerful, a powerful crew. Now that you've un- it's a powerful contingent. I, now that you've uncovered this stone, uh-huh. I mean, who knows what will happen now? Man, could you imagine just like a, gr- like a, a group of farmers could be the most dangerous group Dude, those hands are. They don't need guns. They have places to hide your body. They do, and they have machines to chop it up with. That's right, man. This could be it. Forget Amish Mafia or whatever that show was called. Farmers Mafia. That's you know they're they're not doing they're not doing twenty four hour streams. They're doing twenty four hours of choring. That's uh, right, farmers. So they're they're big and burly and calloused, as you say. They physically they are not to be trifled with. Dude, and now that all this like beyond and all this fake meat is getting so popular, they got to do oh, something. They're gonna revolt, dude. That's right. We got to be careful. Oh. All those God Milk ads from the '90s weren't enough. They're mad. Wonder how much money the uh, <laughs> the Got Milk ads made the uh, the cow market. You know, probably the dairy, an insane amount. Cows. It inflated it so much that now that many people don't. I mean, most of the world is lactose intolerant. That's true. So it's insane to me how like. In one decade, you know, you got to drink milk, you got to eat eggs, you got to do all this. And then the next decade, it's like, actually, eating a lot of eggs will kill you. And then the next decade, it's like, <laughs> oh, it turns out we were wrong both times. Just, you know, just eat a marginal amount. I'm like, I thought that was like, like a reasonable amount of everything is yeah, probably a good idea. That sounds right to me. It's probably not a great idea for your body to be entirely without protein or entirely without uh, greenery, fiber, whatever. Or entirely without dairy, but like too much of any of those is going to kill you. Dude, ask Steve Jobs. <laughs> I can't because he ate too much, too much, he, he ate too, too much many vegetables, fruit, dude. Yeah, fruits and vegetables, and yeah. died. See, this is a cautionary tale. We've already learned and just just bounced and ping ponged off of so many topics this episode. I feel like we're really diving deep into the issues. Yeah, it's true. Um, and we're only six minutes in. Guys, I want to start off talking about, there were a couple showcases. I watched neither of them. I've had a weird week, as we've already discussed. Uh, but you guys both watched the GT7 and the Ghostwire Tokyo things. So, Brandon, why don't you lead off and chat a little bit with Dave about GT7. And I'll, I'll chime in here. I kind of want to play Gran Turismo. Yeah. But uh, I'm not, like, hyped on it because yeah. I'm just not a racing game hype guy. But yeah. go ahead. That's that's all I have to say. No, I will say um, Dave and I have talked a bunch about Forza, and I will say that that's where my heart lies is in Forza, um, and I've thought that for a while now. Um, I had some pretty extensive experience with GT Sport, didn't really click with me as much as any of the Forzas did, but appreciated it nonetheless. 
Um, seeing this new trailer, though, this new showcase, I believe it was a state of play, kind of reinvigorated me. Um, the game looks great. I just want to say that first and foremost, that it looks absolutely gorgeous, um, which is to be expected from this series. If they could do anything right, it is make the cars look and sound and drive beautifully. Um, so I'm really, really excited about that. They showcased a couple new things to the series. Um, customization has never been at the forefront of the experience. Uh, it looks like they've learned from that. And I think they've taken the criticism um, and have added many more things, including being able to wide body your cars, which is something I never imagined they'd do. Can you put truck nuts on your car? Uh, <sighs> You're asking all these beautiful questions, and I unfortunately don't have any I'm answers. Out if you can't. That's all. <laughs> but uh, but no, I, it 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 looked really good, and there's something about GT that is so prestigious. They present themselves in such a prestigious way, whether it be the classical music, whether it be the attention to details in the cars, not even just visually or sound wise. I mean. They really dig in and have dug in in the past to even the history and the nitty gritty of these cars. I mean, it it really is a sim, and that's what's kind of turned me off in the past. Um, but yeah, a couple of the new things look really sweet. I'd encourage anybody to watch it. Um, what were your thoughts overall, Dave? I know have have you had much experience with the GT series, or are you more of a Forza man yourself? Yeah, well, I kind of separate the two. I mean. Um... You know, we, we talk about the successes that Forts has had over the past um, few years, uh, but I think that's mostly been with like Horizon because, um, you know, as good as the series has done, Forza Motorsport has really sort of left a sour taste in the sim community's mouth. Um, and that's where Gran Turismo has really got, I don't want to say they have a stranglehold because, I mean, if you really dig deep into that community, like, real sim people are really into things like iRacing and Assetto Corsa and those are like super sims but Gran Turismo still has a very strong presence there and you know I think one of the things that they heard from um, you know fans from GT Sport is we like that there was a focus on multiplayer but there was too much of a focus on it so they certainly showed off that um, Gran Turismo 7 is going to have much more of a refocus on that single player experience and working through um, different license tests and, and, you know, starting out with that really baseline cheap car and, and that sort of, I don't want to call it offline progression, but uh, more campaign sort of progression. So um, I think the showcase that they had last week really, really focused on that. And I think it's a step in the right direction. So it's um, I've always been kind of intimidated by the, the online portion of Gran Turismo because people take that that game and that series really serious and as somebody who's playing on a controller as opposed to a wheel um you know you're going to be at a disadvantage so to see that you know it, it appears that there's going to be more of a focus on that single player campaign experience is is something that I was looking for and I knew it was already there but you know just the way they were showing off the different um you know they have that sort of title screen area where you have all the different like used car shop and right and uh, all those different spots that you can go to the cafe and all that. Um, right. So yeah, it looks like it's going to be a really cool experience, and it's it's just about a month away now. So we're we're really really. I close. know. It's, I saw a thing that said it was going to be the game was going to be always online, like you always had to be connected. I un- why I unfortunately would believe that. Yeah. Um, I feel like the last one might have been that way too. Okay. Um. 
Not and, that that's a problem for 99% of people, but right. I just don't understand that. Like, right. And I think that that might have some... Dave mentioned that something that I find awesome, I, I think it's such a cool idea, and I don't know why they haven't done something like this before, is the used car lot. Yeah. How cool is that? I mean, you can go straight to the showroom and buy whatever you want, but there's a reason to keep coming back because they uh, explained in the trailer that these used car lots not only will have some rare or you know, interesting finds, but they'll cycle out daily. Yeah. Um, and I just think that's such a cool idea and something that hasn't been in the series prior. Um, yeah, just honestly impressed. I, I wouldn't say I was uninterested in, in this game prior to this showcase, but I feel like it kind of solidified my interest. Um, and I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm with Dave. I'm less excited about the multiplayer experience, but more excited about what else the game has to offer. Um, I think it's funny. They kept driving home again and again. I feel like they said it like three different times in three different ways, how this is a game for people of all skill levels, because I think that's potentially some of the complaints that they've received before, not only in multiplayer, but realistically, I mean, even if this isn't the most sim game, it is still very much a sim game. And that's not to be retracted from, from the game itself. It, it's a difficult game and there's a lot of stats and you can get really deep. I just hope there's a nice line there. Um, I felt like I couldn't quite reach that in GT sport when I played before. I feel like it was always just slightly out of my realm of comprehension more or less. Um, so I'm hoping the accessibility options are increased and changed because when turning on the accessibility options on GT sport, it helped me break. It helped me drive, but it really felt like the game was playing for me. Yeah. And I want there to be a nice happy ground where, like, I don't need to be a race car driver every second of this entire game. If I want to just chill and you know fuck around on some tracks for a little bit, I want to do that. Um, but I don't want the game to play itself for me. So I'm kind of interested to see how that turns out. But props to them. It looks. I want to say it again, just because it looks fucking gorgeous. It looks so clean. The visuals are fucking stunning. Um, so I'm hyped for that, man. I think it's going to run really, really great on the PS5. So. The the other two things that um, I'm really curious to see how they, how they uh, well, there's one thing I'm really excited for, and the other I'm just curious to see how it changes the game. One is, this was a big selling point when this game was initially announced, was uh, how the DualSense was going to play into... Uh, the way oh, you're driving. So yeah, like when, dude. when your tire dips off onto a hard shoulder or grass or something like you're going to feel that um, when your tires start to wear or anything like that, like you're actually going to have real intelligent feedback in the controller. So that's one thing that like, you know, they've explained to us and it looks really cool, but I'm actually really excited to see it. And I think this is going to be like, you know, returnal levels of like dual sense integration. That's, that's really going to help sell that controller and really sell, you know, the experience of being on a PlayStation just because that's not something you can get anywhere else. So there's that. Um, the other thing, and I, I believe they touched on it in the, um, in the showcase. Um, and the thing that really brought this to my mind was I, I want to shout out my, my favorite Gran Turismo YouTube streamer, which is, or YouTube and streamer, which is, a uh, channel called Super GT. He's like one of the tops in the world. And he was talking about uh, this and he kept going back to the dynamic weather. So this is something that's new to the series. And, you know, 
when you're racing, you have to consider things like your fuel level, what sort of fuel mix you put in the car, what sort of tires you have to get on, your pit stop strategy, all that kind of stuff. But this dynamic weather thing has thrown like a completely different um, element of strategy into the game that hasn't been there before. We've seen it in like the Project Car series before, but um, it'll be inter- really interesting to see how this sort of plays into your strategy, especially if you really get into the sim side of it, because that really can, you know, you can be having a fantastic race and all of a sudden if it starts raining, like you're screwed if you don't react. Right, so right. <laughs> that's a huge game changer. So I'll be curious to see how that plays through in the game um, yeah. when it finally comes out. So. No, I I don't want to keep harping on how it sounded good, but I do think they put their best foot forward with this trailer um, or with this state of play, whatever. Um, they really showcased numbers here. They showed some of the big differences in the game. They showed a lot of the benefits. They showed how many tracks were going to be there instantly, and there was a lot of them. They showed how many cars were going to be there instantly, and a lot of them. I feel like this was just a really... a really. I said it already, but it was a good foot forward for this presentation, and I feel like this kind of... I didn't have doubt before, but they came with a strong, strong presence here, and it actually really encouraged me um, towards the game. And it's not that far away. So, is this a day one purchase for you guys? I rarely buy things day one. Is this a as day one as Brandon gets purchase? It'll probably be like halfway through the day, and I'll and I'll fold because that's what typically <laughs> I do. Um, most likely, yeah. most likely, yeah. Honestly, I just want to play something else that's driving on my PlayStation 5, and Need for Speed isn't going to give that to me this year. Well, maybe, but yeah, we don't know yet. Dave? Uh, probably. I'd, I'd say at the moment that I'd probably wrestle with it on day one, but let's be honest. Um, <laughs> again, <laughs> yeah, the, really? <laughs> the end of February is sort of busy for, for big releases, so we'll see how I feel at that point. Right. But uh, let's, I'm with Brandon, let's be honest. It's probably going to happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I, I, I like, I like, um, it really bothers me how much I think about these things leading up to release that I just say, fuck it. And I pre-order just so yeah. I don't have to think about it anymore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> But I haven't done that yet, but we'll see. We'll see. Well, and for you, that's especially because you're all digital. So that's especially uh, a good idea for you because it's like you make the decision well ahead and then it's like, Oh, I have a game to play now. Yeah. Yep. So I am, uh, I can't do that. I just can't do it. I'll get it physical though, Ben. So yeah, yeah, yeah. if and when I am stop playing it, if I had to guess already before I even play the game, I will not finish this game to its completion. So that's surprising me, Brandon. You finish everything and yeah. never ever. Dude, listen, I'm doing better. <laughs> I've almost made it through Uncharted, so I am fucking chugging, my man. Nice. I'm keeping that resolution, guys. Keeping it. Nice. Uh, you guys also wanted to talk about Ghostwire Tokyo. Yeah, Let's Dave. Do Dave, do you want to start us off? Yeah, sure. So um, we had another showcase, Ghostwire Tokyo, uh, late last week. Um, this is a game from the creators of The Evil Within 1 and 2, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, I did not realize that until I had watched the reveal. Um, I was like, I know the name of the studio, but I just can't remember what they um, have made before. And you know, when I realized it was Evil Within, it made so much more sense. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was, I, I was aware of this game before this, uh, showcase and, uh, I was sort of, we'll see. Um, but after the showcase, I think I came out a little bit more high on it. Um, new IP is always good. 
it's it's always a good thing. Uh, we're Agreed. inundated with with sequels and and yearly entries into things like Assassin's Creed and Call of Duty and all that kind of stuff. So anytime we see a developer being given creative freedom to um, you know start up a new IP and take a risk, it's it's good. And this is as creative as it gets. Like this is you know it's a first person game, but it seems to be almost completely you know melee spell based all that kind of stuff. And um, it's got this weird, like, um, I, I was thinking about Bloodborne as, as I was yeah. watching it, just like that twisted yeah. style of horror. Um, yeah. And it's, but it's, it's, it's got some style to it. It's got some, you know, Tokyo Japanese sort of uh, urban style to it. And it, it's that, that makes it interesting and that makes it cool. So yeah, I, I certainly came out of this a little bit more high on the game than than I was going in, and again, it's it's always good to see something new. So, imagine uh, if it didn't have Tokyo in it, even though that's in the name. <laughs> That'd imagine. be a little weird. Um, I'm pretty hot on this right now. Um, uh, yeah, I visually, this game is everything that I want. I think it looks beautiful. The colors are great. I love the setting. Um, I actually had no idea who made the game, to be honest with you, Dave. So I'm glad you enlightened me. Um, that doesn't necessarily make me feel any worse or better about the game, I guess. I've never really had much experience with the evil within, but new IP is new IP. Um, I get a lot of Junji E2 vibes. I don't know if you guys have ever read mm -hmm. the manga. I've never read them, but I'm familiar. Very, very strange and horror adjacent. Um, very cool. Um, I think it's a little weird that we got gameplay so late when it's coming out so soon. Um, I feel like there was more or less radio silence on this game for a while. Well, there were a lot of delays, weren't there? Yeah, and I guess that kind of concerns me a little bit. Um, I don't want it to damper my excitement for the game. I just want to come at it with like a level head. Um, once again, I don't think this is going to be a day one for me either um, until I see a little bit about the game, but it's checking all the boxes. Um, I love the setting. I love the visuals. The spells are super fucking cool. It doesn't really look exactly like any game that I know of. It, you know, it's kind of carving out its own path, kind of giving me a little bit of Bioshock vibes with a couple of the powers and stuff, but very cool nonetheless. Um, and I guess we'll see, man. I, I hope it does well because I would love for a game like this to do well. Um, open world. Uh, looks like it has some map clearing stuff with it, with the Tory gates um you know some rpg mechanics so it's it's checking all the boxes for me i just don't want to be disappointed with another 60 dollar purchase so yeah i'll probably see how it goes but as far as hype goes 70 dollar purchase by i'm the way. hyped oh really that's right i would assume it's a ps5 game right you're probably right yeah um but i am like cautiously optimistic right now so yeah i want it to to be good i really really do I uh, am. Um, I think my my desire not to see a lot of stuff from games lately is kind of backfiring on me because, like, I have no idea what this game even looks like past the initial trailer. Yeah. So I can't even decide if I'm hyped on it or not because I haven't seen it. So I should probably watch something. Yeah. To decide, but dude, honestly, Dave Dave said he watched the whole thing, but I watched up until the point this. This was a gameplay trailer. Yeah. So I watched the beginning part where they started to show off some of the powers and like just visuals. And then the second they got into like actual gameplay, like this is somebody playing the game. Cut it off then. So a game's style, the way it looks is a lot of times 
enough to sell me or not sell me on a game. Yeah. Or to sell me or turn me off from a game. Right. I don't necessarily need to see even gameplay. I just need to see what it looks like and what the motif is. Yeah. And I can decide if I'm in or out. So I think you'll be pleased. Yeah. I can't say for sure, but it definitely visually is stand out um, as far as I'm concerned. But yeah, I guess we'll see, man. It's another one that is like insanely soon. So yeah, we're we're going to be busy, real busy here in the next couple of months. Good. It's about time. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm ready. All right, boys, let's talk about some GTA news, our favorite subject ever. Ooh. Uh, the first one, this comes from uh, videogameschronicle.com. It says, GTA's remaster trilogy has significantly exceeded expectations with up to 10 million sales. Okay, 10 million sales. Uh, so so Rockstar had an investor presentation uh, last week. This week on Monday, and this article from Video Games Chronicle goes on to say, according to the latest figures, the GTA series has now sold over 370 million units, including over 160 million copies of GTA 5, which we'll get into that in a minute. Uh, the figures are up from 355 million for the series and 155 million for GTA 5 that they reported in November. So that means they've sold 15 million more for the whole series. 5 million of which was GTA 5 in the last three or four months, which is insane. So the older sales of GTA games cannot be discounted. It's likely that GTA, the trilogy definitive edition, accounted for the vast majority of the 10 million non-GTA 5 series sales during Take-Two's most recent quarter, despite a poor reception from fans and critics. So that's really all the further we need to talk to get into this. Remember, I mean, we we were bashing the performance of this game. Brandon, you bought it and were playing it, and it was, you know, pretty rough. There were so many things that were broken about the remaster trilogy, and it sold approximately 10 million copies still because it's GTA. Yeah. How do we how do we make publishers learn that they can't put out broken products if we buy 10 million of them? Yeah, unfortunately, this is a testament more to the games right. than anything else. Yeah. Um, and this is kind of like the catch 22 with the whole thing. It's like, you don't want to support it, but you want to play the game. You want to play it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's a really weird position to be in. And I just wish we as gamers were never put in it. But the reality is, is there's no learning from 10 million units sold. There right. just isn't. Imagine how many they could have sold if it worked the right way. Dave, you've played, uh, you and I have played a little bit of GTA 5 online, like a very little bit uh, at one point. But are you thinking that, uh, in your estimation, how many people bought the GTA collection that have never played any of those games? They've only ever played GTA 5 and they just wanted to see what the old ones are like. Do you think that's a large contention of those sales? Ooh, that's that's a good question. Um, I think it probably makes up a larger portion than we would initially assume, um, because obviously that game has been out so long, and that's probably, um, you know, a lot of people's first GTA game, and they wanted to go back and see what this is all about. So that's, uh, yeah, I, I think that's probably a lot more people than we think. And um, this also makes me realize that, Maybe not a lot of people, not as many people as we think are paying attention to the games media as, as we yeah. are, because that's that's where these reports of these early reports of, you know, poorly delivered final products come from. And, uh, you know, I'm also thinking about Dying Light 2, which 
you know, it wasn't as bad, but there were severe reports of, of, you know, a lot of bugs. They weren't like game breaking, but they were there and it came out to low seventies on Metacritic, but apparently that game performed better in its first week than Halo Infinite did on Steam. So yeah, we've got a little bit about that one later. Jeez, Sorry, yeah. I, di- I didn't mean to, to spoil no, anything, good. I, but it's, I was just going to say, we'll talk about that too. These two things coupled together make me think that, you know, maybe a, not a lot of people care. They're just, they're GTA, I'm going to buy it. And, and right. I'm not, I'm not reading IGN. I'm not seeing these reports. Um, you know, they're just, are these the casual gamers? I, I don't know, but it's, I mean, it's fine. I mean, if they want it, um, then, you know, buyer beware and they, they take that risk and sometimes publishers are going to burn them. So you're, you're right, Brandon. I mean, it's this, this is not the way to teach publishers and developers the lesson that you can't push out unfinished product, but I mean, <laughs> I guess the casual gamers make up a lot larger uh, portion of sort of the industry than we think, because it's, you know, the numbers don't lie. They really don't. Yeah. And I think something to be said with the question you asked earlier, Ben, is I really wonder, there's entire generations yep. of children that have only played Grand Theft Auto V. Children and adults. Well, true. I mean, true, true. Yeah. But I, I guess How I was... How long has GTA V been? 2013? Yeah. 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 So I had never even considered that previously, but yeah, I bet you there's a bunch of people that came into the series on GTA V. Um, and you know, with the success the online has had, I wouldn't be surprised if those same people that came in then wouldn't at least try and dip their toes into what has been before. So, right. Cause I mean, this is a nostalgia play, but it's not purely a nostalgia play. No, no, no. There's definitely people who have never touched an older or an, yeah, an older GTA game that bought that collection. Well, dude, so. it's, it's, it's reciprocating. I mean, it all is, you know, when you put out the, I mean, for God's sakes, they they're putting out an uncharted movie and I'm playing the uncharted games now. Like it all circles back. Right. Um, but anyway, now let's talk about the fact that GTA five in the last three months has sold over 5 million copies. Who the hell is still buying this game that hasn't already played it or purchased it? I don't understand. I don't know, man. And granted, most of these copies are not at $60, right? Um, I don't even know if there's anywhere that's selling it for $60. So it's not like a full price sale, but like 5 million anythings is a lot of money. Yeah, really? So, I mean, don't get me wrong. GTA is a juggernaut and it's clearly that way for a reason. The online has never been more popular than it is right now. And that's just insane because it's been out for so incredibly long. But man, I can't even imagine that's that they're selling that many games. Plus, they're selling all the shark cards and whatever else. Right. Just the amount of money pouring in. I also think, honestly, some of the success of the GTA five online has been not to the credit of the actual developer, though. I mean, right. legitimately. Well, yes and no. Let me put it in this way. Them allowing the community to so heavily mod mm-hmm. what they have made has helped to keep this game alive well past what I think it would have if they would have kind of reeled it in and said, you can't do any of this stuff. Because right. a lot of the RP, a lot of the stuff that is the most popular stuff right now on the internet is modded. Right. It's not the base game whatsoever. Right. It, 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 at points, I've seen RPs that, <laughs> I mean, visually look the same, but UI and what they're doing in the game is hardly close to the base game. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Well, let's keep in mind this quote, that quote, significantly exceeded expectations with 10 million sales. I would hope so. So if you expect, they didn't expect to sell 10 million. They expected to sell less than that. So I wouldn't hold your breath for any more uh, remakes or remasters that are not broken in the future. Uh, Another story, and this comes from rockstargames.com, about GTA, is that uh, updates for the contractor out that's that's the the um uh new story piece uh but also that gta 5 sorry where is it here gta 6 development is well underway uh it is an active development at rockstar meaning i would assume they've at least got the uh the rough framework put together and have started on some things I want to talk a little bit about what you guys think GTA 6 will be like, because clearly the game itself is selling well and people are enjoying it. Honestly, the the biggest moneymaker piece of it has to be the online piece. And we know that that's also the most popular online and with streamers and everything else. What do you guys expect to see from GTA 6? Because I would see a game that is more heavily based on online interaction than it is on a base offline game, as we've seen primarily from GTA 6 or GTA releases in the past. Dave, do you think that we're going to see a game that is even that even has a single player component to it? I think it's it has to have a single player component. Well, it doesn't have to, but I think it will because I think uh, you know, the people at Rockstar just that's what they want in the game and that's 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 what kind of brings you in, but I I think you're right. I think it's going to be heavily focused on the online experience. Um, I really don't think they're going to reinvent the playbook here. I think it's probably going to look a lot like what GTA five did where, you know, you've got a 10 to 15 hour campaign in a city and then you have some sort of online component that is companion to it. I think it'll, it'll release in a much more fleshed out state than Grand Theft Auto five did because I don't even think it had online at release. Um, so I think the biggest difference you'll see is that 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 will be more fully realized at launch um, rather than here's a single player campaign online is coming and then it just slowly builds up to where it is now I think they'll want to launch this with a bang and make sure that all of those GTA 5 players naturally sort of migrate over to this GTA 6 online ecosystem um, as soon as possible so Definitely. In terms of setting and stuff like that, I don't, I've heard rumors that it's going to be like in a Vice City style Miami setting. I don't know if that's the case, but um, 
yeah, I can't see it going too crazy. I I can't see GTA six or GTA six in Europe or Asia or anything like that. I think it's going to be an American inspired locale. Um, but apart from that, I think it's kind of anybody's guess where yeah. this is going to end up. No, I think we'll see more of what we've seen and what Dave said is a more flushed out realized version. I think we're going to see a lot of what we've seen online with the cosmetics and a lot of the flexing you could do to your friends online, but like ramped up times a million. I think that we're going to get the aspects that we expect from it. I agree with Dave there. I think the campaign is still going to be strong. It's going to be there. It's not going to be the showpiece, but I think we're going to get what GTA 5 is now, something very close to that, but obviously completely new. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think we're going to get, they're realizing where the, where the longevity of the game stays and what the people want. Um, and I think they're just going to take what they've done so far and just keep doing it. I couldn't agree with Dave more. So I, I, I think that in addition to that, I just want to make a note about RP and stuff like that. I wouldn't be surprised if they have like a really thorough, like, um, game creation, yeah. essentially like world creation. Um, because if they can help you along with that, they will, and it's continued to make the game successful. So I wouldn't be surprised if we saw some, different and more customizable options um, for at least uh, moment to moment play on multiplayer. I think we'll probably see the campaign and online mesh together in a more clear way too, because like, oh, think about uh, Her- Her- uh, Forza Horizon. Yes. Um, where it's like your friend completed this track in X time. Think you can beat their score or, you know, whatever. Like, you know, your friend robbed this liquor store right. uh, with only getting one of his crewmates <laughs> killed. Do you think you can beat like that kind of thing? Or, you know, uh, the glorious ginger right now is is um, planning a heist. Do you want to join their game? Like, I think there'll be ways where they'll integrate the online capabilities more into the single player game. Right. And allow you to almost seamlessly transfer between online and single player play right and still be able to complete your campaign but with friends because obviously that they found that that is a entirely gigantic portion of why people are playing this game is for these social interactions and the online experiences and the things that can change moment to moment uh and go a wall or go go uh, ape shit go crazy a little right. bit so i think we'll see more of that i i would highly doubt that this is a traditional single player story game no although you could probably still play it yeah. Uh, and turn off online interactions until you get to the online portion. That, that's my guess, at least. Then, so. if in GTA 6 you do the in game find my phone, or yeah. find my friend, yeah. and you see your boy at the strip club, he's busy. Right. Leave him be. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, don't <laughs> join your friend at the strip club. That's a faux pas for sure. All right. Well, um, I wanted to make note that there is a Nintendo Direct tomorrow as we're recording this. Uh, it's supposed to be 40 minutes long, focusing on games that are planned to be released in the first half of 2022. Uh, this episode will come out for most of you, the free feeds at least, after that has already happened. So we can't really discuss it. And it's kind of silly to give predictions. But uh, are you guys are you guys anticipating any big Nintendo games that are releasing in the, the first half of 2022? Not really, because I, I, I looked at the list of, of games that are coming out, the first party titles. And um, I mean, the most the biggest one I could see was Kirby. So yeah, I don't really know what what they're going to talk about for forty minutes. But I mean, for me personally, most of these Nintendo directs have been pretty 
pretty uh, lackluster. I'm not much of a Nintendo guy, but uh, yeah, I'll be curious to see if I hope there's a couple bangers that we don't expect, but uh, my expectations are not high personally. Yeah, agreed. Dude, I don't want to like say it because I know it won't happen if I say it, but I'm going to say it. I would like a title for the new Breath of the Wild game. Please, something more. A title. Anything more. Because there's no official title. It's just the next Breath of the Wild, whatever the fuck that is. Um, Anything. Can we get anything else about this game? Don't need a date. Just something more. I I want a sprinkle of something. That's my, all I want. My son, who's eight, has been playing a lot of Breath of the Wild lately. And uh, it's really funny because he like keeps trying to fight stuff that's way above his level. Oh, dude. And yeah. I'm like, hey, you have very minimal health and very minimal stamina. You know, you can get more of those by going to the shrines and doing this and that. And he's like, yeah, but those take a lot of thinking. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah they do. You're right. Like, if you don't want. I, I, I feel that sometimes yeah. when I'm playing games. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Dave, this one's for you. I mean, and for Brandon, too. But you talked about not being a huge Nintendo guy. And we've also talked in the past about your... Um, propensity lately to play games on the switch that aren't meant for the switch well here's a rumor the batman arkham games are going to be released on nintendo switch this august dave are you gonna play are you gonna try to play the arkham games on the switch please no absolutely not no not after uh my experience and again i i I, when i say i'm not a nintendo guy i'm not a huge nintendo first party guy i like the switch i play it quite a bit but yep. uh, my my experiences over the past few months with third party ports to the to the platform have not been good. So yeah, I don't. The only reason I can think why they're doing this is because these games sell. Like we yeah. think about the all the Assassin's Creed entries that have come to the Switch, and it's I guess people buy them because they're you know making more. Um, but no, I'm that's 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 a hard no for me, dog. Dude, I'm curious if Rocksteady is is working on this port or if they hired somebody else because they have not produced anything. I mean, they haven't come out with anything in the last, what, eight years? So I don't know. I mean, yeah. I, just, they're kind of busy on the, the Justice League thing. They the, are. The, they just got delayed, didn't Suicide it? Suicide Squad. So. Did it? Yeah. Did it really? Yeah, the Kill the Justice League. I did not see that. Holy uh, shit. It just got delayed to 2023. Damn, that yeah. sucks. I was looking forward to that. But and who knows when it's actually going to come out. But. I mean, legitimately, visually, we haven't seen much about this Arkham game. Not a ton. Some. Right. How in the actual fuck are you doing four-player co-op with those visuals on a Switch? Please tell I me. I don't know. Please tell me. Please tell me. Well, they haven't They haven't said that that game's coming to Switch, have they? Is no, just the, just Arkham, the Arkham series. The, uh, the Arkham series. Oh, Night oh yeah. Oh, oh, the old oh, Arkham oh, games. Oh, and oh, they may oh, run better, but like, I oh. mean, I just, I don't think so. I misunderstood you, but yeah. I mean, still. Yeah. Even thinking about games like Arkham Knight, which is much later in the series. Yeah, it's a, almost a decade at this point. Yeah. How? Yeah. I mean, with I that agree. said, I, I, I could see myself, you know, dabbling with Asylum because it's it's not an open world game in a, big open space it's probably the one that has the most promise to run sure in, in a decent state on switch so i mean and that's a game i haven't played in years so i, I could right. potentially see myself going back to that one on a deep deep sale but i have no trust in the other open world games on the switch right talking about handhelds the verge reports that epic will not update fortnite to run on the steam deck 
And uh, this comes by way, oh, I already said this, of The Verge. Epic Games does not plan to update Fortnite so that it runs on Steam OS, according to Tim Sweeney, meaning owners of the upcoming Valve Steam Deck will likely have to install Windows to play the popular Battle Royale game. In a series of tweets, Sweeney said that the company doesn't feel confident about its ability to combat cheating in Fortnite when running on custom kernel configurations. Fortnite isn't on the Steam Store in any case, but Sweeney's comments rule out a Linux version that could run on the Steam Deck. So we probably weren't going to get this anyway, but we now know that we definitely aren't. The Steam Deck uses Valve's SteamOS, which is based on Linux, and makes use of a compatibility layer called Proton, so that Steam games compiled for Windows can run on it. Epic has made its anti-cheat software, EAC, Easy Anti-Cheat, compatible with Linux and Proton, so developers that use it should be able to make their games work on the Steam Deck without issue. For now, though, Epic itself is not going to be one of them, at least not with Fortnite. Guys, do you think we, we've seen Fortnite no longer be allowed to be on iOS? That had to be a gigantic chunk of money for them. Do you think not having Fortnite on the Steam Deck is going to cause them any financial woes? No, <laughs> absolutely not. I think that it was a stretch to even assume it would be on there to begin with. Yeah. Um, and if Epic and Fortnite has shown anything, even in spite of no I I iOS sales, even in spite of the Steam Deck, it will persist mm -hmm. nonetheless. Um, and I actually had no idea that it was on Linux. That's so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it can't no. be. Yeah. And honestly, it'll be a matter of time. Someone, someone will get it on there. I mean, legitimately, it'll happen. Well, I think you can install Windows on the Steam Deck, so it, it could happen that way. But it won't be natively on there, I guess. Yeah, is the, is the thing. Yeah, yeah. I think that it's really interesting because we're seeing a lot of games come out and say that they're compatible with the Steam Deck, and they're games that I'm like, I don't want to play that on a handheld. Yeah. And I feel like Fortnite is one of those. I mean, Fortnite is huge on the Switch, don't get me wrong. It was huge on iOS before the whole thing last year that happened. Um, so it's impossible to say what kind of an impact it will or won't have on that. But um, I, I agree with you, Brandon. They're going to find ways to get games onto the Steam Deck that we never thought was going to be possible. And they're going to either run horribly or run great. And people are either going to spend a lot of time getting them to run or spend a lot of time finding out that they're not going to run. Right. Uh, it, it's kind of impossible to say. But um, I guess we'll wait and see what happens. But either way, some of the stuff that, that Epic is doing right now, like the anti-cheat and stuff like that, that they're just making available for people to use is kind of incredible, quite yeah. frankly. So. Yeah, no props to Epic. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Next up, I mentioned we were going to come back to this earlier. Uh, this is a little bit of sales news, and we have another piece of sales news later. Dying Light 2 is already a part of Steam's 25 most played games of all time by concurrent players. That is a wild statistic, especially for a game that's only been out for, what, at this point, four days, Yeah, I think? That's now, insane. I knew Dying Light was big, but I did not think its sequel would be this big. And uh, the most played games of all time Dying Light 2 is already there. Dave, have you played Dying Light 2? Do you want to play Dying Light 2? Did you expect Dying Light 2 to be this huge on Steam? No, not already? at all. I mean, I, I expected it to be a big uh, a big release. I mean, it, it, it picked a great time to come out, um, and it, it came to fairly decent reviews, and I think people were hungry for this sort of thing, but I don't think anybody expected to see these kind of numbers um, especially with, again, and I mentioned this earlier, some of the reports of, 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 uh, you know, some of the performance of the game at launch, but, uh, yeah, this is incredible. I think it's great for Techland. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's great to see that they've had such a big launch and it just blew my mind that those numbers were even bigger than Halo Infinite, 
um, yeah. at launch on Steam. Like that's that's just insane. So uh, yeah. I can only imagine what those numbers are like on on um, Sony and Microsoft platforms if it's like that on Steam. Because I, I personally I don't really picture that as much of a PC game as more of a platform game. So sure, I mean they they have to be enormously excited with uh, how this game is performed right out of the gate. Right. Yeah. Yeah, out of nowhere too. I would not have ex- expected this at all. This, at all. Yeah, agreed. Very skeptical of the launch, but glad it's doing well. Something else none of us expected. It takes two has now surpassed five million copies sold. Yes. Uh, Hazelite tweeted earlier this week or last week that. 5 million copies of It Takes Two have been sold. Our team is absolutely stunned thinking about how many players have now enjoyed our game. Brandon, you are a big champion of It Takes Two, yes. a game I still have not been able to find a partner to play with. Tell me how you feel. Tell me tell me about the, the butterflies in your stomach. I'm excited. This means there will be more. Yeah. Not that I assumed there wouldn't be more of some sort. And maybe not even It, it takes, takes Three. Two. It Takes Three? Goddamn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, um... A Way Out was so different that I'm sure they weren't 100% sure if this would land. And I'm so glad it landed and got the recognition it deserved um, because this game was very special to me last year. Um, and yeah, I, I'm just pleased. I want them to make something else. Yeah, And that's what I keep coming back to is that it it's not going to be the same. I can almost guarantee it based on the, on their past two games, but whatever they make, I am interested in. Yeah. Um, the past two have been so good and interesting in different ways. And there's just a lot of, a lot of potential in yeah. that, in that studio. So Agreed. Um, I am pleased. And the, the fuck the Oscars guy, how could you not love him? Just a Ferris. Yeah. How could you not love him? How so. could you not? I bet some people don't love him. Dave, I don't remember. Have you played It Takes Two? Do you have any desire to do so? Yeah, well, you watched played, your nephews play it. Yeah, I played uh, through, I think about half of it, and uh, then I handed it over to my nephews, and they played it. And yeah, it's it's a great game, a lot of fun, very cute and endearing. Um, you said it's five million copies sold, so can we safely assume that ten million people have played it? Since I would think played. that's probably true. Although <laughs> some of those, I mean, there was a free you could hand off a free thing to your friend to play with you. I don't know that. I mean, I'm sure some people both bought it and both played it. So and now that's just 5 million copies sold. It was on Game Pass or maybe still is on Game Pass. It is. Yeah. So I'm thinking that pr- they didn't say 5 million people have played. They said 5 million copies have been sold. So I don't know if that's somehow including Game Pass numbers or not, but I would imagine many more people than that have actually played it. Uh, although there are people like me who buy games and never play them. So some of those people might not have played it about <laughs> it, but yeah. All right, the last little piece of news I have here um, is that Nintendo's president has said that they will not join the industry acquisition race. Now, we've been talking a ton about different acquisitions and mergers that are happening within the industry. And, uh, of course, people obviously want to know, is Nintendo one of the biggest players uh, in this going to participate? And they basically said no, they're not. Uh, Shintaro Furukawa, Furukawa has reiterated that the co- this comes from Video Games Chronicle, has reiterated that the company plans to grow its game development capabilities through organically rather than through acquisitions. Quote, with the industry going through a period of consolidation, Furukawa has touched on the subject of acquisitions on Thursday following the publication of Nintendo's latest financial results. Quote, our brand was built upon products crafted 
with dedication by our employees and having a large number of people who don't possess Nintendo DNA in our group would not be a plus to the company. Now, it's kind of interesting because um, they've had a lot of studios that are not Nintendo and like only working on Nintendo stuff studios who have worked on games or even built games. Um, I'm trying to think of specific examples. I think Luigi's Mansion was done by a non-Nintendo owned company, but they do pretty much partner with companies that then continue to to grow with them. Brandon, what do you think about the, the strategy here? Is it the right strategy? Are other people messing up by just acquiring anybody they can get their hands on, especially those with different values? Or is it more about make your brand bigger make the money who cares if it fits a certain um aesthetic yeah i think if anything has shown is that they don't need anybody else more or less they don't need um uh, current generation looking games they don't need they only need mario they don't need any new characters yeah what this means to me is that i'm going to be playing mario kart 17 in 20 years um <laughs> and that and that mario you know sunshine 10 is going to be out in another 15 right um <laughs> i'm joking around but all jokes aside um they don't really need it to be honest with you i'm not surprised i would never i mean i guess i would never see things like the activision deal happening either True. but yeah. i just don't yeah, it, it it really just comes back to that. Nintendo does not need it. Right. They're making money hand over double fists. Yeah. Um, and, you know, very, a very large hand to fit both of those fists. Um, but I'm not surprised. They, they are kind of out in their own field and they're doing great and they're succeeding and thriving. Why would they need anything else? And it's not like Microsoft needed Activision, but... I don't know. I just don't even at this point. I don't even really consider them in the the same atf- atmosphere, but not the same realm um, that these other companies come from. So that that news doesn't surprise me yeah. at all. Dave, Nintendo strategy. They're like the opposite of disruptors. Yeah, <laughs> where like they do absolutely the stabilizers. Nothing. Yeah, there's the successful stabilizers, and uh, you know they found a formula to success. And I can't really see like a, a Bethesda making solid Mario games. So right. why would you go outside to look for stuff like that? So I think they have a proven formula that works, and and they're sticking with it. And um, yeah, I mean if they disrupt in any way, it's with their hardware because I mean that's that's always different. They're never chasing Microsoft or Sony when it comes to just technical realism. They just focus on fun. And uh, I don't think they need to go out and find new talent because, you know, they're, they seem to be doing perfectly fine with what they're doing now. So Yeah, like, they've clearly got something figured out. Dude, they focus on that fun. How how fun was it when that game, Darksiders, crashed a bunch of times, Dave? <laughs> how fun was that? That wasn't a Nintendo game, though. It was yeah. on a Nintendo, Nintendo console. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm... Boys, as we get into what we've been playing, I'll just start out by saying I have not played much besides Sea of Thieves this week, especially with the 24-hour stream. It's screwed up the rest of my week. Uh, My wife and kids did buy me Pokemon Legends Arceus, Arceus, whatever. I have not even slipped it into the console. Maybe I did put it into the console and then plugged it in the charge because I don't play my Switch enough for it to be charged at any time. Haven't gotten into that, but I'm looking forward to. And uh, that's pretty much it for me. Brandon, besides Uncharted, and you could talk about Uncharted, of course. Have you been playing anything different? Uh... No, I haven't. <laughs> um, I've I've gotten through three. I don't know if I mentioned that last week, but I started four, and four is instantly um, a next and large generational leap that was much needed. Um, one, two, and three for me were 
a very nice timepiece and very very clear that it was super inspirational at the time i could even see that from some of the other games that i've played that have come out after that um but four is really hitting a sweet spot with me right now i did do the ten dollar upgrade so i got some better visuals um but man four is really really good so far i think it might be my favorite in the series and i'm only about a quarter of the way through it yeah um i know a lot of people don't feel that way but it's just there for me yeah um so i'm really excited to play lost legacy i hear nothing but great things as well um and i got a couple other things lined up um we'll see how like we said it's pretty busy here recently in the next coming weeks but if i have time i did download final fantasy 7 oh yeah you told me that um yeah. so i'm potentially interested in peeking at that it depends on how long these next two um uncharted 4 and lost legacy take me um but i got some stuff on the docket and worst comes to worse i'm winning either way uh, i got games on games on games so uh yeah just mostly playing uncharted to be honest with you nice so. dave what about you what's been new this week uh, not not much, unfortunately. Uh, I've still been working my way through Darksiders. I think I'm just uh, getting close to finishing that up. Um, Darksiders 3, pardon me. Um, luckily playing that on my Xbox Series S and it's running a dream. So that's, that's good. <laughs> nice. Uh, I jumped back into uh, Call of Duty Vanguard this week and I've, I've actually been playing that quite a bit. Um, there is this mode in the in the multiplayer called uh ship house 24 7 and mm -hmm. yes sure dude shipman in das house yeah and i've i've seen people play this and uh i've i've thought to myself why on earth would you put yourself through that because it is just absolute <laughs> insanity these are the smallest maps in the game um there's nowhere to hide there's lots of players you're for me personally i feel like my average life lasts like 15 seconds before i'm killed that's pretty but good actually i got into uh a couple of you know i'm a filthy casual when it comes to call of duty um but this week i found myself getting into some of the operator and weapon challenges which is something i don't normally care about and then i realized ship house is perfect for this kind of stuff yeah <laughs> because yes, if you yes, want to yes. rack up i think i played a game today and i got 73 kills like that is yes. insane and i wasn't even at the top of the leaderboard but i was just doing it because i wanted to get um you know 50 hip fire kills so i could upgrade my operator so um i'm starting to get into that and um yeah it's uh it's fun it's, it's nice <laughs> it's fun Dude, to get in that stuff das house is the grind spot like legitimately pop a double weapon or even just a double xp run that shit for like 45 minutes an hour your guns will be feeling a lot better with those new attachments it would, sure. what's been bothering me is the amount of people who are running around with body shields on yep oh yep. yeah dude, from they're, behind and it's yeah it's just they're annoying. fucking turtling those filthy scum yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fuck the body shield combined with the uh some sort of melee weapon is the dirtiest thing you can yeah, do dude. Yeah. disgusting dirtiest sure all right boys i think that's it for the show this week then damn there's a lot of stuff in here we managed to get through it and yeah. and still respect people's time with an hour long show i appreciate you guys hanging out uh i didn't mention at the top of the show but you can find this over on patreon if you want to help support the show a dollar a month or more get ad free early access uh you can go to patreon.com slash handsome phantom to get that and of course hang out in the discord over at handsomephantom.com slash discord we'd love to see your beautiful faces resting there i don't know why they're resting but your beautiful faces regardless 
Boys, I think that's it for me. Any last words? Any final things to say? I love you all. I love you all too. Love you, homie. <laughs> all right, guys. We'll see you next week. The HP Podcast and Handsome Phantom is supported by our proud patrons over at patreon.com slash handsome phantom. Htrons, Maurice Bays, Passive Pixels, Edwin Castillo, Fusebro, Boots, Poot, Jared, Josh Cummings, Edward Walton, Charles Peterson, Toby Ryland, Straw Hat Ninja, Jared Cavaliero, and Jason Canham.